Welcome to the Dr. Me First podcast with me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Dr. Me First. It's me, Dr. Wiseman, that super sassy host who's having a blast talking with her female colleagues. I hope that you're finding through these conversations, like always, that you really are not alone in medicine. And those ideas that you have in your head are totally not crazy. And you should act on them because here are some amazing female colleagues who have acted on those thoughts in their head and are doing amazing things in life. So I'm so glad to share that with you. I hope that you're getting encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun for your life and your practice, no matter what that looks like. As your physician life coach, I am bringing together this community of lifesavers, true speakers, fierce females who are all about supporting one another, lifting each other up, and rising into this world. In this episode today, I am talking with Dr. Madri Sharma. She is an integrative family medicine physician who shares her experience of her preemie twins and how that modified her medical practice in some amazing ways. We also talk about our authentic selves. We get into medical education and what we would tell our younger colleagues. And we overall just have a fun and amazing time. She mentions at the very end of our conversation her side project, which is Masala Meals. And she didn't really go into that, but I want to tell you guys that it's bomb. I follow her on Instagram, and actually she's inspired me to start introducing new and different spices into my life. And I have to tell you, I made um, curry chicken the other day for my family, and three out of five people ate it. So... That's a win in my book. So thank you so much, Dr. Sharma, for introducing some new spice into Team Wiseman's life. Okay, well, let's get into our conversation and then stick around afterwards for a kick of encouragement. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Dr. Wiseman with another very special special guest. My lips don't want to work right now. (laughs) Okay, this is Madri Sharma. Hey, Dr. Wiseman. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to chat with you and everyone else that's listening right now. Um, Yeah, so I'm Madhuri Sharma. I'm a family physician. Um, I recently completed my fellowship in integrative medicine as well. But right now I'm actually practicing telemedicine um, because I had 28-week preemie twins last year myself. Life got really crazy after that. I had to kind of make a career change. Um, Wanted to stay at home more with my kids and and just spend as much time with them as I could. So telemedicine has been an awesome uh, little career pivot for me. Um, My husband is active duty Air Force, so this is also a career that I could kind of just take with me throughout all of our moves, because we move pretty frequently. And it's really been awesome so far, and it's kind of led me to a place where I like practicing medicine. I like my work-life balance for the most part, Um, and I'm hoping to open an integrative medicine practice in the future, but for right now, things things are good. That's amazing. And sorry, my little white dog is barking in the background. (laughs) I love it. You know how it is. It's like hashtag uh, Dr. Mom Life. Right. We are recording a podcast. The dog is barking at probably the internet repair guy who was supposed to be (laughs) four hours ago. You know, whatever. But anyway, you guys ignore Linus. I've had him suspended. (laughs) He's getting really super old and blind. But anyway, well, that is amazing. I love 
you telling us just a small snippet of your life so much. Like, I just want to go over all this. So <laughs> family medicine, right. Thing at telemedicine too. Yeah. I, I think it is the wave of the future for the naysayers, the old white men who are not <laughs> into it yet. They don't understand the impact that telemedicine can make in right. our own lives right compared to what we're doing for patients and so I, I do telemedicine as well and you know it's just mm. about establishing boundaries sometimes with people and yeah. being like hey this is bigger than a phone conversation right. you want to get your ass into the er right exactly and just being realistic i feel like in telemedicine i'm almost a better communicator because i've really got to like hear my patient's story when they oh get my home. gosh yes it's all history it like takes you back to the basics of of med school, you know, like, how do you take a good history? You can't really rely on your exams. You have to get a history. Yeah. And the other thing that I've really enjoyed is like beefing back up on signs and symptoms as far, as far as like diagnosing diseases rather right. than just like, uh, well, maybe it's a URI, you know what I mean? Right. Like, being like, okay, typically a cough is not associated with X, Y, and Z, you know, and being able to communicate right. that with my patient has been really, really good and really enjoyable. So that's exactly. great. Well, I'm glad to have another telemedicine colleague yeah. for everybody who's out there has been thinking of it. Don't be afraid of it. I know nope. there's a lot of horror stories online, but if you're a good doctor in person, you can be a good doctor on telemedicine. Yeah. And you practice within your comfort level. If you're not comfortable doing that by video or phone, you just say like, I'm not comfortable treating you by video or phone. You got to go in, you know, it's all up to you. You know, and the big thing that I've really learned about myself, and I probably should have learned this a long time ago, ultimately, it's not my job to fix them. Like the patient right. has to accept responsibility for their own health. Right, right, exactly. And so that's been big for me is too, because, you know, you can tell people what to do till you're blue in the face, but ultimately they're the ones that have to decide. Right. Yep. We're consultants in their lives. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Well, wonderful. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You said you had caught a few episodes, so I'm yes. super excited to have you listener turned guest. Yes. You can tell everybody how super fun and super easy this is afterwards. <laughs> I will, uh, definitely. About your word today and why you picked it. Yeah, so my word is authenticity. Um, and I chose that because I feel like in my 30s, it's something that I am really kind of starting to embrace finally. And it's really helped to boost my happiness and kind of my harmony in life, if that makes sense. So in medicine, I feel like we're really trained out of authenticity. We all go into it for different reasons, but then you get into the like med school checkboxes, the rotation checkboxes and residency checkboxes. And the way to really succeed is to check the boxes, you know, and to do well, to do it efficiently. Um, and then by the time you get out, I feel like you're just so excited to be out that we're all kind of tricked into, oh, the business of medicine is so hard. I need to go work for this giant company or organization that's going to take care of all of this for me. But then you're just put into a hamster wheel of more checkboxes. So it's either like insurance companies or hospital administrators or everybody kind of, it feels like everybody else has a vote in how we practice medicine except for the physician ourselves. And so last year, you know, having had my kids so early, it was really just life changing for me. I had to think back to, do I want to go back to work at all? Do I want to go back to the kind of job that I'm in? And we all went into medicine to have that patient connection and to be authentic. And we expect that from our patients, but we kind of, 
I feel like have this block up and never really reveal a lot of ourselves because we're checking the boxes. Like if I tell you what's going on in my life, the visit's going to last more than 15 minutes. I just don't have time for that. I got to get on to the next patient. Um, so just kind of realizing that I wasn't practicing authentic to myself or in line with my values just lifted this huge burden off me and was like, you know, I'm going to do, take a, take a step back, try to open my own practice. I feel like I can do this. We got through med school. I know business is hard, but we can learn it. And we don't need all of these other people telling us how to live or how to practice. And we just, we just need to learn how to be authentic to ourselves. Um, so just kind of like being truthful to that, recognizing that. And then as we were talking earlier, just leaning into the negative emotions too. There's fear, you know, financially, can you make it? What is going to happen to your family life? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with it as well, but just being vulnerable with that and being authentic and, and taking that leap, I think has been huge for me. Um, and so that's something that I'm trying to kind of embrace these last few years and, and just doing things that feel good, whether or not somebody else feels like it checks that box. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with everything I was saying you just said. Like <laughs> for so long, we're taught to like stay in the lines. The lines are your friends. Right. And it seems like more of us as we're getting into our 30s, 40s, even 50s, like when we start like stepping outside the lines, people are like, whoa, whoa, right. wait, what are you doing? And you're like, but I don't want to play inside the lines anymore. Like exactly. this is not my fit. Right. And I think it's so important to have these conversations, uh, the whole meaning of this podcast so that other people could see what other women are doing. And uh, not that you need validation, but that it shows like, Hey, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. Yeah. Just solidarity. And just being able to talk about the options because when you're stuck in a position you don't know where to look to. You don't know what other people are doing. Cause like us doing totally non-traditional cool ass things, like, <laughs> right. you know, like, you know, right. you don't always run into each other and don't hear it. So I, I love it. I love that you've stepped into that. What if you had to like paint a picture of your authentic self, what would it look like? Yeah. Ooh, that's a tough question. I told um, you life coach on you right there. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I'm going to get some, uh, some tools out of this as well. So I think it would be accepting that right now I'm more mom than doctor and that's okay. You know, you can have two parts to yourself and you don't have to give a hundred percent to one thing and zero to another. It doesn't even have to be 50, 50 right now. It's probably like 30, 70 for me with 70% being mom and, and, you know, wife and all of that. And that feels great right now, but that's going to change. Um, and so just accepting that your authentic self isn't always the same in every season of life and that it is going to change. And right now I just don't want to put that much energy into work. I just feel a little mentally burnt out. I need to just hang out at home, hang out with my kids, like eat well, try to get some sleep when possible. And that, that's okay. And I also don't have all my shit together right now at all. Um, and just being honest about that with patients, like I'm going to tell you to try to get seven hours of sleep, but I'm also going to tell you like right now I'm not doing it and I'm not feeling great because of it, but that's okay. I'm being vulnerable and, you know, kind of having that um, rapport with patients, like we get it too. We're not perfect on our end, kind of giving all these recommendations to you. We're trying as well. Um, and then just, just living that and knowing that, being authentic doesn't mean perfect by any means and that's okay. And that it's going to change. Yeah. Being authentic to me is being in my vibration. 
Like I think about sound waves. I like go back to physics class because I'm yeah. Not and like when two sound waves of the, the same frequency meet, you know, they amplify right. rather than when they're off and then you get the, the weirdness of it all. Right. And so, yeah, that's what, when I, when I think of my most authentic self, it's like, where am I in tune with the right vibrations? Exactly. I talk to people about this a lot as far as on the life coaching side, like it's not always about like reinventing yourself or like rediscovering yourself. I allude it to more to like your home when you're like, you know what, this blue wall paint, it's got to go. It's going to be purple or eggshell or, you know what I mean? More about like that modification. And I mean, sometimes you do need to like deconstruct in order to build. And I think that's really important to give yourself the space of that to be like, yeah, we're going to take out that room because it no longer fits us and we're going right. to expand or we're going to change this. And I think if you can think about your life in that way and who you are, like that space fits you at one time, but now it's maybe exactly. time to grow. And then, you know, there's growing pains with that, just like with remodeling. Exactly. Um, but that the shag carpet from 1970 is not going to fly in 2018 right. now. Right. Even right. though wallpaper's coming back, which I'm right. excited about that because I've always loved wallpaper. Good. Exactly. Not tacky. Cool wallpaper. wallpaper, like the peel and stick wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so I mean, in, in uh, Indian philosophy, there's a concept called dharma, which I'm sure you've heard of, but that kind of embodies this principle where you just live your life in a way that promotes both inner harmony and outer harmony. So not ignoring what's going on in your environment right now because you do have to adapt to that too. So whether that's like, chaos at work or family life, but responding and adapting to that in a way to bring inner harmony as well. And then just respecting that and not trying to stifle it, but recognizing that it will change. But right now, in order to bring whole harmony, you do have to adapt to both you know, inner and outer um, changes in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how is it as a new mom of twins? Well, we're almost at a year now, so it has been a crazy year, but so much fun. They're hilarious. It's just a blast. Yeah, I mean, I feel like being a mom makes me so much of a better doctor. And family medicine, you know, we see moms and babies all the time, and I kind of wish I could take back, like, all the advice I gave over the last decade and, like, listen. Yeah, I know I told you to try this, but it's really hard. So, yeah. <laughs> Redo. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think about that too. Luckily, I had my some of my kids in residency, so I like nice. had that good like reality check. Right. But yeah, there's p- parts of it where I'm like, yeah, sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. Can do that when you can. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's amazing. That's so good. I absolutely just love it. And your twins are healthy. They're good right now. Even They are. Healthy. Yep. Yep. They're doing great right now. You know, just the, the typical stuff, working on feeding and growing and moving and, and all that good stuff. But they're, they're doing great. They're a blast. You got to watch out from that. Like, so to me, like 15 months to 18 to right about like 20 months, uh-huh. I call those like the watch out months because that's when they get really fun and really cute and it's like far enough away from their birth that you're like oh yeah yeah, we can do another one (laughs) that's when they get you hence why the Wiseman children are all about two years apart because about 18 months I started getting itch again right and then you hit the twos and you're like oh man (laughs) oh shit and yeah now I'm (laughs) my last one is turning three in a couple weeks oh my husband would like to go for the four peat and I'm like Oh, we good. 
Unless we can hatch these babies, we good. Your podcast is your next baby. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, man, I was talking awesome. to one of my clients. She's beautiful. And she was talking about her three kids and about her fourth child is herself. And she's really yeah. working on her. And like growing her and her business and her projects and really looking right. at it as a source of like a pregnancy and a birth and like a care oh. for a newborn. And I thought that was a really great illusion because it's absolutely true. Like you put so much into your business, right? so much into it that just like when I launched my podcast, it did feel like a birth. I mean, there was, right. there was definitely some labor pains. And then like <laughs> once it was out there, it was like, yeah, bring on the cake. Exactly. Exactly. You got to nurture that thing for sure. <laughs> but no leaking boobs. So that's that was the nice thing. <laughs> Major benefit. <laughs> I love it. Well, what would you tell your past self? So if we have any like medical students or residents listening who are like, man, I want to be my authentic self and I don't want to wait until yeah. I'm out into practice. What would you tell that woman about staying or, or clinging to all her authenticity? Just to kind of, yeah, embrace it and don't lose track of it in uh, med school and residency. I went to an amazing residency program, shout out to UVA Family Medicine, but everyone there was so supportive of our outside interests and passion. And so it's not like we were, you know, beat down or burnt out or anything. There just was not time to even nurture that part of yourself. So if my past self, if I could say, you know, even just to spend a couple times a week doing something that from your past made you go into medicine, whether it's like yoga or just having a conversation with your neighbor, going over with a cup of coffee, something to just keep your old self. And I don't mean to say old self because it's all part of you, but what brought you into medicine rooted and um, still present so that when you're out and you have more time and you have all this freedom, you're not like going back saying, wait, what did I actually enjoy what you know brought me into this and for me personally it was integrative medicine it was like gardening and growing herbs and using food as medicine and using like a cultural context to healing um, and not losing sight of that when you're in residency just trying to keep up with one thing um, that helps you feel grounded to the to the reason why you went into it and also just not being afraid to speak up I think as women in medicine too that is something that um, is hard for a lot of us and just not to be afraid, know that it will be okay. People will support you. The right people will support you and the right patients will come to you. And you're definitely not going to make everyone happy. Um, you just have to make yourself happy. And then the right people will kind of fall in line in your life, I think. Yeah, I think that's so important um, to stay authentic to yourself is to remember the only people who give an opinion in your life is you and who you allow. Because I right, felt like I, love that. I was getting so much advice as a student right. on what I should do, what I shouldn't do, this, that. And I like really tried to be like, to, I really wanted, I was such a learner that I wanted yeah. to latch on to it. Yeah. But I think I almost overdid it. Imagine that, a female physician <laughs> overdoing it. But I think I internalized too much of that instead yep. of stepping back and be like, okay, that's their opinion for them. Right what is relevant for me. And so, yeah. And I think caring too much as far oh, as, yeah. you know, am I doing the right thing and asking someone else that instead of right. going internally? Right. I think that's a really important lesson for me to be most authentic. The answers are within me. Right. And right. Like acknowledging that 
I really am the expert on my own life and situation. And of course I need to tune up with some life coaching, you know, and my mindset uh, gets in a bad place. Right. Absolutely. But that stop going outside for validation, stop going outside for advice. Like there's only a few people, Brene Brown talks about it, her post-it note list. Yeah. And so the people who, you know, write those names down to those people who really matter and it should fit right. on a post-it note. I wish right. I would have done that. And I think I would have stayed a little bit more authentic to myself. Right. I think that is huge. Yeah. Internal um, gratification and validation is so hard in medicine in general, I think, but it is so important. And unfortunately, I just feel like I didn't learn those lessons until after training. Um, but so if there would be a way to mentor and kind of go back and, and give that advice. That would be awesome. And we're our own harshest critics, you know, and just to kind of like simmer that voice down a little bit as well. Yeah. And to recognize that and to, to also say for students too, when I'm working with them, you know, like they really are more critical of themselves. Typically right. there's the occasional one who totally has no idea, to help them. <laughs> but, right. you know, but recognizing that and then maybe as mentors and leaders helping to change the criticism to like what's actually good feedback and what's right. actually like negative self-talk. I right. think that's a huge lesson that could help so many of our young colleagues right now. And I've also been thinking of ways too, because as I'm doing more of this wellness and life coaching and, right. and being a physician colleague, I'm like, how do we change this? Cause I know that's one thing everybody's like, yeah, we know about burnout. We're tired of your burnout lectures. We're tired yeah. of talking about it. How do we change it? And I almost think like you said, the intensity of it is so much and, and nobody wants to like back off the pedal. Like they're yeah. like, no, residents need to know all of this. They need to get all of these procedures. And I'm right. almost to the point, it's like, no, nobody wants to lengthen it out any longer. But right. we've got to change something. Like right. the right. volume has got to change to change the intensity or the length of time. I mean, because three years of family medicine residency, don't get me wrong. It was, it was a push. Oh, I yeah. I can't even imagine going longer. But then right. I'm like, but would I have been healthier? Right, right. Exactly. Or finding, I know, looking at it on this end, being a mentor, how can we help students and residents identify what does bring them joy? Um, that's something in my integrative fellowship that is harped on that I started asking patients and it's been amazing to get the results. And why don't we ask students and residents that? Like, what brings you joy? Because I think a lot of us forget we're just so in the day-to-day -day grind. And if you, you actually have to stop and think about that. And that's hard. That's really sad, actually, sometimes that you need to stop and think about what is bringing you joy right now. But so I think if we can make that more important in training and just the little moments like, Oh, having my cup of coffee right now is bringing me joy. And I know we talk a lot about gratitude and how gratitude is, you know, really does make you happier and the science behind that, but bringing it into practice for our own residents and modeling it. Um, like it doesn't have to be a huge, huge thing, just a small thing. Um, I think that would really help. And I think that's where I found, I loved my residency program for that reason, for the colleagues that just helped to make little things fun, like charting parties and, um, you know, something that's so mundane, but bringing a little bit of joy into it. I think if we can model that, that would be huge for the next generation. Yeah. And like infusing joy, like you said, into things that really are kind of life sucking. Right. And I think too, as part of us, as leaders is trying to figure out, um, for our, our students and residents, what is to their benefit and what are we just grinding on them? Right. Just like doing telemedicine now compared to like 
traditional family medicine. Like I think that there's a lot of adaptations that we as a culture have not made because it's like, well, this is how we've always done it. And this is how we produce doctors and you just have to grind it. And exactly the results we'll get instead of maybe being innovative and being authentic to ourselves and being like, this is what brings me joy. Maybe we stop doing some of this stuff that is not for in requiring it from students and residents. I don't know. I think there's something into that though. Yeah. And then along those same lines, like respecting a resident or student's um, style of practice or art of practice versus what the guidelines and evidence says to practice. So I feel like a lot of times we get, um, critiqued on style issues, especially as women, you know, like talking with your hands or being overexpressive. That's really just a style thing. Is that affecting my quality of care? No. And maybe some people are actually drawn to that and will be, you know, felt better taken care of in that way. So I think just taking a step back and recognizing when we're giving feedback, are we giving feedback on something that's going to impact quality of care? Or is it respecting the authentic style and way of practice of this person and not stifling that, but rather encouraging it to help them be a better healer, Um, you know, and not just a a cookie cutter algorithm doctor. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a great point to end on. I can't, I can't say anything better, girl. That was like, (laughs) I have to make readables of that. That's amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, if anybody's like, oh my God, I need to know more about Dr. Sharma. I want to know about integrative medicine. I want to know about how she took care of her 28 weeker twins. (laughs) One more, more about telemedicine. Where can they go hang out with you? Yeah. So, um, I, my website is, is going to be Dr. D R Madhuri Sharma MD.com. Um, and then I also have a side gig, which is about food and cooking and it's called cookmasalameals.com. And I teach about like using spices and food to promote your health Um, sometimes that's all you can do is just focus on one thing. And for me, that's been nutrition and that's kind of helped get me through a lot of, a lot of, uh, times in life. Awesome. I'll put all that in the show notes and send people your way. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thank you. you This was so much fun. Being a listener and now a guest and a listener and a guest again. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm going to go back to the listener and catch up on the few that I've missed recently, but your podcast is so fun. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You ready for that kick of encouragement? Because I'm ready to deliver. Here's what I want to talk about pulling from this conversation. Dr. Sharma talks about how currently in her life, she was like 30, 70, 30% doctor, 70% mom. And that made me think, hmm, what's my split right now? And actually, would it split more than just twice? Would I have a couple other like 20, 10, 50, 20 and think about all the different roles that I play. So I ask you that, what is your split right now in life? If you are anything like I used to be, I was an all or nothing personality, like a hundred percent or zero pedal to the metal or laying flat on my back. There was no middle ground. There was no splitting time. It was like pile everything on, multitask like crazy, and then crash whenever there was time to do it. So recently, I've really worked hard on changing that mindset and being like, this doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be my 100%. Good enough is good enough. 90% is still awesome. And learning to stop thinking in black and whites and really embracing the gray. So I ask you right now, what's your split? 
what's your split in the rules that you're playing? Are you trying to play 100% in everything? Or are you the opposite? Are you zero in so many things and it's really bothering you? Because the important thing to see is that this split can change at any moment. You could be a certain split for years. You could be it for a couple of months and try it out, maybe a week, even daily. You know, our splits are different. I know that my work schedule is not a consistent work schedule. And so there's some days that I am like zero medical, 100% mom, adventurer, entrepreneur, dog walker. I guess this would all be their own split, but you see what I'm saying. And even hourly, I have had to talk with my family that like from two to four, I'm going to be 100% Dr. Wiseman, so you can't bother me. And then readjusting that split after four o'clock. So as I've started to think about the world in that direction, it's really kind of helped with my ebb and flow and my shift. Because most importantly is that this split can help you be more aligned to where you are in the moment at that time. When you can say, okay, I can only be 50% of this right now, it helps you embrace that, okay, I'll give all of my 50% that I can, but no more, no less. One of my favorite Instagram posts, and you'll probably see me do it all the time, is one that says 50% Beyonce, 50% Buddha. I think that's a fun way to sum up what my Instagram is. And it's a fun way that I like to embrace too. So drop the mindset of all or nothing, black or white, 100% or zero, and start figuring out your shift. Because it really will help make your life so much more manageable and so much more aligned. So as always, as we wrap these up, remember my friend that your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye.